Ah, love comes to town. We're back into that series. Boy, I'm, I'm out of practice here. Uh, I couldn't believe it. I, uh, everything was going wrong today. I couldn't find my microphone here at the church. And then I left stage after communion, left my mic on, started talking. I hope you didn't hear too much. Uh, I walked outside and took a look and I was so excited that they had done such a good job of setting up. I'm like, wow, they did such a good job. And then I'm like, uh-oh, I think I'm still live. So sorry about that. Hope that didn't disrupt you. Appreciate the team leading us in worship today. A few things before I jump into the message. Just want to keep it in your minds, put it on your thoughts, maybe encourage you to have a family discussion around lunch today. Love Week is coming up. July 26th through August 1st, what will you be doing? Maybe it's just going to be one day or one afternoon, but sometime during that week, July 26th through August 1st, we as a church want to go out and we want to just show love. And you need to think of a way to do that. I know my family had a family meeting last night. We've scheduled today's lunch to be a discussion on ideas, and we're going to go after it. So um, it doesn't even have to be in our town. I know I'm thinking about Midland, and, and there's a lot of needs there. Maybe maybe we spread out and we go all over the place. Maybe it's not even Michigan. Uh, but I'm encouraging us to do something. Wear these love shirts, and they are available today, by the way. If you ordered shirts, they're in. And boy, we had a, a major influx of orders. And so if you ordered it, you actually have a shirt in a bag with your name on it, and it says whether you paid or not. So stop at the table. Uh, if you're not coming today because you're online, uh, after today, we'll try to make arrangements to make sure we get those shirts to you. And uh, we want you to have those and wear them when we come on Sundays and wear them on Love Week when we go out. And I uh, just encourage you to participate in that way. One more thing, uh, Keith um, Monroe had asked me this week, he's our new deacon in charge of our outside uh, things and, and flowers and such, and he's done a good job uh, out of the entrance of our church, although everything is just suffering from that drought right now, uh, but he needs people to volunteer. He called and said, Don, can you just put a plea out? If you love to do those kind of things, planting, weeding, flowering, those kind of things, if that's your giftedness, I know it's not mine. When my wife says, let's go out to the garden, I shudder in fear, but if that gets you excited, if you got to have that dirt in your fingernails and that what bring you joy, then uh, contact the church. Call the office this week. Uh, let Melissa know that uh, you're willing to volunteer and she'll put you in touch with Keith Monroe. In the communications we sent out, we actually put his email in there and you can contact him directly. That's another way. But we need volunteers and we'd love to have your help. Lastly, before we jump into our message, there's a survey going out today. At 11 o'clock exactly, everybody from our church receives a survey. It's really short. We're really asking you to answer one of four questions. Uh, which service would you attend right now? Which one would you, if, you were, if we offered four different types, which one would be the one that you think is best for you and your family today? Don't think five months down the road. It's not five months down the road. Don't think two months ago. Think in the near future, here's what we as a family would be comfortable doing. We just need to know that. And by the way, this is not a vote. I know some people are saying, finally, they're going to do what I tell them. To. No, it's not a vote. It's information. As elders, it's hard to make decisions without data. And so we just want to know. There's no sense spending hours and hours planning an indoor service if everybody's saying it's not time to come indoors yet, or we're not willing to do the requirements to do that. So fill it out. You'll get it. It's easy. It's quick. 
Pick the service that you're most likely to attend, even if it's the online only one. We need to know that. And, uh, and then at the end, there's an opportunity for you to make comments or, or um, give the elders some information. You can do that there. We'll be thankful if you do it today. Please don't wait. If you wait, you won't do it. So we want you to do it as soon as you get it. Open it up. Get it done. It'll take just a few minutes. Let's jump into our Love Comes to Town series. Let's pray. you pray this prayer? God, if there's anything you want me to hear this morning, I'm willing to listen. Can you just give that prayer to God? God, if there's anything you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray you'd be glorified. I pray that everyone hearing this message would be edified, and I pray that Satan would be horrified. In Jesus' name, amen. Love comes to town. I know that it's been a while, uh, two weeks, and I thank our pastors for preaching. Uh, they do such an adequate job. I'm so thankful that they can handle the word in a, in a way, and I, I'm, I've heard wonderful things from you about that. So we are blessed to have two pastors who can open up the word and preach his word, and I'm glad that you see them as pastors shepherding the church with me and the elders. And today we come back, and it's been two weeks. And by the way, I watched online both Sundays. It's hard. Uh, one week I was on a lake, you know, staring at a beautiful lake and the water and all the uh, distractions. And, and, uh, but I was able to listen to both messages and both of our guys did such a good job. But I want to make sure you remember our definition of love. Love comes to town. It's about what Jesus did when he brought love down to earth, when he gave himself. And that gives us the definition of what love is. Love is selfless, willing sacrifice. Just keep remembering that. I'd love it if I'd hear people at our church rattle that off their tongues. Love is selfless, willing sacrifice for the good of another person, even when that person is not deserving, and without expecting anything in return. Isn't that what Christ did? He came and he was selfless, willing, and sacrificial for the good of us, all mankind, even though we didn't deserve it. And there was nothing he was going to get in return for that. There's nothing we can give a king. And so that is our definition of love with the example of Christ. So let's do a real quick recap. The first message was the gong show. Remember this? I got to make sure it stops so it doesn't overwhelm the power there. The gong show. I still haven't returned it to the schools yet. I've called and they haven't let me know when. So we have it. I thought I'd just show it to you one more time. The gong show was week one where we learned that Without love, it means nothing. Everything is nothing. Just like a, a, a banging of a gong, a resounding cymbal, it, it's zero. That week, we learned the DLP, the dominant life principle. What are you living for? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, let love be the highest goal. Let love be your highest goal. And so we're talking about love because our world needs love. God is love. Jesus brought love, and we ought to love. The gong show, number one. Love actually was the, the next week. Love actually is not easy. We learned about the VDP. Remember the very draining persons? We talked about that and how we need to love them. Uh, there's, there's difficult people, demanding people, disappointed people, destructive people, and devastated people. It's so hard. There's, there's very draining people in your life, but we must respond in love. Hopefully you've worked on that. Pastor Ben talked about fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And, and we learned that those fruits aren't just 
uh, is something we get one of. We're growing in all of those. We should be growing in all aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. It's what's growing in us because what God is doing in us. And so we love even when it's hard. And then the third week was like a good neighbor. We talked about that good Samaritan. We learned that we need to step out, step over, and step in. Remember, we got to step out of our comfort zone, step over any barrier, step into somebody's life. And that's where we've been talking about so far. Today, the big idea is to tell you the truth. Authentic love is risky. To tell you the truth. Ephesians 4, 15. Let me read that so we have context for our whole message today. Instead, the Bible says, speaking the truth in love. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Boy, there's some passages that sound simple that are so difficult, and this is one of them. To tell you the truth, authentic love is risky. Are you willing to risk? Are you willing to risk? Today it's going to be kind of an exciting day because we're going to, we're going to dive deep in this idea of speaking the truth in love. What does that mean? And we're going to do a master's level of love. I was going to call this uh, or encourage you to be a master's level lover, and that just doesn't come off right at all. So we're going to learn how to love at a master's degree level. We're going to learn how to love at a very deep level. Love. It's, It's difficult and it's risky to tell the truth. We tend to avoid it. There's a key verse today, and that's found in Ephesians 4.29. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for the building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So we need to speak the truth in love, but that ought to build people up. It ought to help people grow, not destroy people, not tear them down. Uh, we need to be careful that we don't take this lightly. And actually, some people will hear this message today and say, yes, finally, this is what I'm good at. I'm great at telling people the truth. And they enjoy it somehow. I'm telling you what, be careful. Uh, Avoid people that love to tear people down. Avoid people that love conflict. This isn't something we love to do. The Bible tells us to speak the truth in love, and that's risky, and it's difficult And I worry about people that think that's their main giftedness. And they trounce over people using this mentality of speak the truth in love. They they stomp on people. We don't want that. We don't want that. We're going to talk about this master's degree level of love. Uh, Master's degrees are earned. Lots of work go into it. I'll tell you what I'm not. I'm not a master's degree level mechanic. I just, I try. Oh, on vacation, we were gone there for two weeks, and I had a tire go out on my truck. Do you know how complicated it is to change a tire today? I've changed tires. This should be no big deal. I started working on it, and about 10 minutes in, I couldn't figure out how to get the spare to come down. I had to open up the manual. You know how embarrassing that is as a man to have to open up the manual to figure out how to drop the spare tire and then after doing that, it was hard to break those lug nuts free. I got fancy, pretty chrome lug nuts, and, and there's a little knob that sticks out about three quarters of an inch that's just pretty. It doesn't have any grippies on it. And then the, the thing they give me to break the lug nuts is only about three quarters inch deep. It wouldn't reach the threads. It wouldn't reach and grab on. I had to pound it with a flashlight to try to get it to grip. I'm not a master's degree mechanic. Changing that tire took me over an hour and a half. 
I was drenched in sweat, covered in mud. My wife would tell you that she shudders in fear when I do mechanical things. I have a mower. It's a Club Cadet lawn tractor, and oh, it's my bane. I work on it all the time. I work on it. I spend money on parts, and then I finally call the real mechanic. Just this past month, I've been working on it. It wouldn't start, and I checked the battery. I checked the cables, and I changed the starter, and I did it. It didn't work. I found, found the, the solenoid could be bad, so I changed the solenoid. You know what it took to change the solenoid? I had to take the whole tractor apart. I had to take it all apart. I put the solenoid in, put it all back together, and I was so hopeful. New solenoid, a new starter. The battery's great. It's going to start. Nothing. Oh, I spent all this money, and I couldn't get it to work, and I finally called Mr. Mobile. I'm shouting out the name because he, he helps me all the time. Mr. Mobile knows that when I call, he's got to come and fix everything that I've done wrong. This spring, he had to come out because I couldn't get the mower started. And I tried to, to change the fuel pump, uh, the fuel filter. And he came and said, yeah, yeah, you, you did, but you put it on backwards. And the fuel wasn't running. Oh, nuts. This time he came and he said, yep, Don, you did a good job. The starter's great. You did a good job on that one. The solenoid, you know, you, you did fine, except you put the, the wires on backwards. You put the green wire where the red one needs to go, and the red one where the green, and you shorted out the solenoid. So you put a new solenoid on and you blew it up. I'm like, why didn't I call you in the first place? He's got a master's level degree in mechanics. He knows what to do. He knew what was wrong immediately. I spent days and hours. It's frustrating. And then I think about us as believers. We're supposed to be developing along in love. We're we're, we're pursuing a master's degree level. I hope you understand that. It's not okay to stay in kindergarten love. It's not. We grow. If you're at the same level of love you were when you first received salvation, something's wrong. Infants must grow. Are you growing? Are are we growing in this fruit that God has has given us? He's he's planted it. He's ready for it to grow. But are we we developing? This morning, we're going to dive deep in this whole thought. We're going to learn that love, telling the truth, speaking the truth in love can be risky. The first thing, to love at the highest level, you got to check your motivation. Hope you're taking notes. Use the app. Fill it in. Check your motivation. It must be only to help others grow. Boy, again, if you, if you thrive on telling people their place, if you thrive on letting people know that they're wrong, if you thrive on this, then something might not be right in your understanding of love. The only motivation you should have when you need to speak to somebody uh, the truth in love, it ought to be to help them grow. It ought to be coming from a great love for them and a desire for their best. It must never be to hurt them. Oh, we all have that within us, don't we? Somebody does something, and, and, and boy, we, even believers, we couch it in Scripture, and we, we come to them with our Bible, and then we just beat the snot out of them. And, and, and oh, how our, how our Savior must be grieved by that. He died for us. He died for them. And yes, people do things wrong, and they hurt us, but our desire should never be to blow back, push back, and harm. No, our, our desire can't be to harm or hurt somebody. It's got to always be to help them grow. And it, and it can't be. It must never be to feel good. Oh, it, it does. I'm not going to lie to you. It feels good to just, you were wrong, you dummy. I mean, it, it feels good to just let somebody have it, you know. And, oh, and that's what's going on in our society all around us. It's out of control. 
It is out of control how people are reacting. I know Pastor Shane gave that illustration a week ago about what happened in our town. And, and, and listen, we're not making a political statement. Nobody's, nobody's trying to pick a side on this. It's just, that's crazy. That's crazy that something like that can happen in, in just a simple situation where people should be able to handle it. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Those words just don't roll out of people's mouths. And so all of a sudden, it's a fight. It's a war. There's guns. Oh, my goodness. We've got a rash of shootings on highways, and, and, and there's been 14 shootings on the highways. And the sheriff comes on and says, we think most of them are just road rage. People are whipping out guns on the highway? What? Why? What's wrong? I'll tell you right now, uh, we realize this to be true during this coronavirus time. Everybody seems to have their cup filled to the brim. Everybody's really at the top, at the edge. And if anything touches it, it flows over. If anything just disturbs it, it overflows and it just gushes. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing people just flow overboard and they can't handle what's going on. And, and boy, in the church, we can't be like that. We've got to let love be our highest goal. And we've got to treat people with, with respect and care and their best interest in mind. Second Corinthians 12, 19. Second Corinthians 12, 19 says... Have you been thinking all along that we've been defending ourselves to you? We've been speaking in the sight of God as those in Christ, and everything we do, dear friends, is for your strengthening. Uh, we're going to learn a lot from Paul today. This, this is not a one passage kind of a message where you can just pull it out at one second. We're actually going to look at the example of the authors of Scripture, how they lived this speaking the truth and love out. And Paul is saying... No, 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 wait a second. We were doing this to help you. It's, it's to strengthen you. That's the motivation. Motivation, key thing. Number two, before we go to two, we've got to talk about this tunnel of truth. Have you ever been on a highway and come across one of these tunnels? I know we do as a family every February. We head down to Hilton Head, South Carolina. We go uh, down south a little bit, and then we head east directly over on 8090. And then we catch 77 south, and we take 77 south all the way down till we get into, into the Carolinas. And on that path in West Virginia and Virginia, you've got to go through several tunnels. They're dark, a little scary. You go right through a mountain. My family has a little thing. We, 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 since the kids were little, we'd always do this. We, we knew that when we got to the tunnel, everybody had to hold their breath. <gasps> and you had to hold your breath till the end of the tunnel, till you came out. And then we added to it as the kids got older to make it more fun. Not only do you got to hold your breath, you got to lift your legs up off the floor. You, you, your feet can't touch the floor all the way through the tunnel. And this includes the driver. Thank goodness for cruise control. And so we, we get to the tunnel. And, and as the kids got older, they're like, Dad, maybe you shouldn't play along. We don't want you to pass out. And I'm too competitive, man. We hit the tunnel. <gasps> Feet are in the air. We're all trying to make it. And I love to slow down that last quarter of a mile. You can see the light coming at the end of the tunnel. And they're dying. And I start slowing down. No, Dad. Oh, these tunnels. But there is a tunnel of truth. And I'm going to tell you about this tunnel. It is. Take the path from shallow to deep relationships. Your motivation has to be right, but you've got to take this path through the, the tunnel of truth in order to, to deepen and strengthen relationships. That tunnel is dark, it's scary, it can be dangerous, and it's risky. And, and we find out in Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. 
So the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love, and it can be hurt. It can be scary to do that for both people. No one likes to be confronted, and most people don't like to confront other people. It's a dark tunnel. I'm going to urge you, the only way to get to a master's degree level of loving other people is to take this risk. It's done with honesty and gentleness and love. And that's the only way we're going to get to this higher level is to take the risk. The second thing that we need to keep in mind, not only uh, check your motivation, you've got to plan your presentation. If you're going to talk to somebody and speak the truth in love, I'd encourage you don't wing it. You really need to think about a few things. You need to think about what. What is my presentation about? Well, it's speaking the truth. Proverbs 16, 23. The hearts of the wise make their mouths prudent and their lips promote instruction. So we got to speak the truth because we love people. And, and they need to hear the truth so that they can grow. And so the what, you got to think about what is it that I want to say? But then it's so important to think about how. How do we say this? It's got to be done humbly and in love. 2 Corinthians 2, 4. For I wrote you out of great distress and anguish of heart and with many tears, not to grieve you, but to let you know the depth of my love for you. Do you see how the authors of Scripture live this out? Paul is saying... This was hard. This was scary. It was difficult. I went into the tunnel, the tunnel of truth to speak this to you, but it was not to hurt you. It was hard for me. I I wept over this, but I did it because I love you. It shows the depth of my love. And that's what I'm saying to us as believers. Those of us who are believers, we need to be growing in love, developing the fruit that God's planted in us. And that needs to happen so that we could be at this master's level of love, risking And then seeing the fruit of that in relationships. Not only the what, the how, but the when. Timing is everything. For years I went around and I spoke to teens about talking to their parents. How to have communication in the home. I also went to parents and tried to talk to them about how to communicate with teens. But when I spoke to the teens, I tried to talk to them about timing. Not only do you know you need to figure out what you want to say to your parents, you need to figure out how you're going to say it, but then timing is everything. I would tell them, don't hit dad up. If you need $100 for prom, don't hit dad up the minute he walks in from work. Because you don't know that his boss has been yelling at him all day and his employees have been hard to handle. He's been up to here with stress all day long. He's, everybody wants something. Everybody's looking for something. Everybody's asking for something. And then the minute he walks in, dad, hey, I need 100 bucks. What? Timing is everything. Proverbs 25, verse 11. Like apples of gold and settings of silver is a ruling rightly given. It's got got to be done rightly. So timing. So you've got to plan your presentation. If you're going to speak the truth and love to somebody, know what your message is. Know how you're going to do it humbly. Oh, don't walk in arrogant as if you're the master and and they need to learn from you. As you're the teacher and they're the student, they need to submit to you. This can't be done with arrogance. It must be done humbly. It doesn't work when we come in and say, hey, listen, I I want you to know that you did this. No, no, we've got to think of a better way. No shaming. It shouldn't be about shame. What I'm teaching here is that truth plus tact plus timing equals transformation. Truth plus tact plus timing, that's what equals transformation. 1 Corinthians 4 and 14 says, I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. It's not about shame. It's not about 
your desires for something. It's about wanting them to grow. It's about knowing that the truth needs to be spoken and given in love. What's the third? The third thing to love at the highest level that you need to know is you need to give your affirmation. Give your affirmation. First, we got to check our motivation. Second, we got to plan our presentation. Thirdly, we got to give our affirmation. Express your deep love for them. You start with an affirmation. You don't walk in and say, listen, this is what you've done wrong, bozo. No, that's not the way to handle this. You start with how much you love them, appreciate them. And then you also have to reveal your prayers for them. You're going to see this in scriptures, how Paul handled these situations. He told them how much he loved them. He expressed that he's been praying for them all along. And then you got to state your hope for the future. State your hope for what you, you, you hope is best for them. And you hope the difference will be in their lives. Begin and then end with affirmation. So you start with affirmation, end with affirmation. Put this in a positive. It's kind of like a hard truth sandwich. And that's what Paul did. He, he came with a really hard truth, but at either end of it, you'll see in Scripture, he expressed affirmation, love, concern. And so it comes across as something genuine rather than harmful. Let's take a look at that, how Paul did this. 1 Corinthians 1.4. Oh, there's a hard truth sandwich coming, but he starts in 1 Corinthians 1.4. I always thank my God for you because of his grace given you in Christ Jesus. He always thanks God for them. That's how he starts this. Thankfulness for that person. And then look how he ends this whole thing in 1 Corinthians 16, 24. My love to all of you in Christ Jesus. Amen. He starts with affirmation. He ends with affirmation. In the middle, there's hard truth spoken in love, but it's given not for his feelings or for hurting. It's given for growth. That's the only motivation. Paul uh, appreciates his honest criticism. People will appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. That's Proverbs 28, 23. It's not in our notes today, but you might want to make a note of that verse. People appreciate honest criticism far more than flattery. That's what we tend to do. And that's not a master's degree level of loving other people. is just placating and flattering. Sometimes you've got to speak the truth, but it has to be done in love. Love at the highest level. Number four is risk the rejection. Risk the rejection. Oh, you've got to check your motivation, plan your presentation, give your affirmation, and then you've got to make the determination to risk the rejection. Fear is the reason we stuff our feelings. We don't do this well. Even in the church, we don't handle loving confrontation well. People don't receive it well. People don't deliver it well. We struggle with this. In our motto for our church, it says we're growing a great family, grounded in faith, guided by grace, going in love. But that middle little sentence, guided by grace, is so hard. It's hard to extend grace when somebody comes to speak the truth in love. It's hard to, to give grace when you're speaking a truth in love. To be guided by grace, ruled by love, is what the church needs so, so much. I had somebody in my office this week that really encouraged me. They were just... Uh, just a really positive individual, part of the answer here at Oakwood. And then at the end of our conversation, he just said, yeah, I don't agree with all your decisions on the coronavirus thing. 
but who cares? And it surprised me. Well, I, I thought from the, how positive he was, he agreed with everything I said. I, I thought, this guy, he must think just like I do. And at the end, he just kind of made the comment, yeah, I don't agree with all the decisions made, but, you know, who cares? He said, I'm not in the room when you made those hard decisions, so I really don't know all the information. And he moved right on, and you know what? I thought, that's a master's degree level believer. That's somebody who has grown And he's realized that it's not always his cup of tea. It's not always done exactly the way he, but he's for the church. He's for God's people. And these little things don't matter. Don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. We need to live by that mantra. Come on, folks. But we do have to risk the rejection. Fear is the reason we stuff our feelings. And fear must never be greater than love. Don't let fear be greater than love. You will not risk if your fear of people is greater than your love for people. Let me say it again. You will not risk if your fear of people is greater than your love for them. And if your fear of them is greater than your love for them, shame on us. Because love ought to be our highest goal. It ought to be the driving principle 2 Corinthians 7, 8 through 11, here is Paul. Hard truth sandwich all the time, and yet he expresses his love. Listen to this. Just, just try to listen to this and, and feel like you were there the day this letter was read in the church. He says, even if I caused you sorrow by my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurts you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy. Not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led to repentance. For you became sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. See what this godly sorrow has produced in you? What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourselves, what indignation, what alarm, what loving, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourself to be innocent in this manner. Do you hear the heart of Paul? He's saying, I told you a hard truth and I don't regret it, but I did at the time. It was hard. Remember, he he cried over it. He prayed over it. And yet in the end, godly sorrow leads to repentance. That's what we're aiming for. We're not aiming to to emote on people and let them know how we feel. We're not going to be drive-by Christians and some kind of road rage believers. That's not what God has called us to. Measured, tempered, self-control. Again, fruit. Is the fruit growing in you? Is love growing in you like self-control is growing in you? Oh, these are hard things. Speaking the truth in love. Check your motivation. Plan your presentation. Give your affirmation. Risk rejection. That's what I pray. I pray that for our church. I pray that for you as believers. And uh, I encourage us to be guided by grace, going in love, grounded in faith. Let me pray. Father God, I bring this to you. And and speaking the truth in love is, is risky. It can harm things. It doesn't always go well. It's never received the way maybe we intend it to be given. And sometimes it's given in a way that doesn't match our intentions. So God, I just pray you'd help us with this. Grow us into master's degree level of people who love. We ask in Jesus' name.
Amen. God bless. Have a great week.